This is the Flying Field Podcast. Welcome to this edition of the Flying Field Podcast. The Flying Field Podcast is a service of rcplaneviews.com and the Flying Field blog. Find them at www.rcplaneviews.com. This is episode 104. Is it fall yet? It was produced the week of October 1st, 2011. Hello, modelers, and thanks for joining me for this edition of the Flying Field Podcast. I'm Jim Mohan. It might be safe to say that it's fall in Arizona, but I'm not sure. There have been some very nice morning temperatures in the Phoenix area, but the highs have still crossed the century mark. Yes, it's a dry heat, but it's still heat. I've been working on a video build log for the Dynam turbojet for what seems like weeks. Oh, wait a minute. It has been weeks. With over 30 days of over 110 degrees this summer, my garage workshop simply isn't someplace I've wanted to spend much time. In today's edition of the Flying Field Podcast, we'll be taking a look at a couple of news items and finishing up a discussion on some Spectrum service bulletins we started earlier. We'll also revisit the Castle recall as Model Airplane News had a video blog entry this past week with the Castle folks. Last, we'll chat a little bit about a disturbing story about a would-be terrorist planning to use an RC airplane to attack the Pentagon. Let's get started. I was at the field this week and noticed someone flying with a DX-8 radio and asked if he'd checked out the service bulletins. The blank look on his face led me to believe the answer was no. This is concerning in that the possible faults can endanger not only the pilot and his model, but also bystanders. Let's take a look at a couple of the Spectrum items we haven't talked about yet. The first one is called the DX-8 Gimbal Bulletin. This one has to do with performing a test for uncommanded control inputs in the axis not being actuated on either the left or right stick. Here's what the bulletin says. Spectrum product development has been investigating reports from DX-8 transmitter customers experiencing servo movement inconsistent with the corresponding transmitter stick input. As a precautionary measure, Horizon Hobby would like DX-8 customers to perform the monitor test to examine gimbal controls over the entire range of each access of input. Expected results for the monitor test should show smooth tracking with the corresponding stick input. If the monitor jumps, hesitates, or is seen in a channel other than what is being tested, please follow the monitor test instructions below to test the DX8 gimbal movement. Now this is a really pretty easy test. You just simply move the um, the display on your DX8 to show the monitor display, which is those horizontal bars with little vertical tabs that show where the uh, position of the control is. And then using your thumb down into the recess where the stick comes out of the transmitter body, not the stick itself, but the frame of the gimbal, you move the throttle, say, 
all the way up and all the way back while looking at the monitor displays to make sure that they don't jump around or when moving the throttle, the rudder doesn't move. Same on the right stick. Move the elevator up and down, checking to see that it doesn't jump or move or that the ailerons don't move. Now the report says, only touch the gimbal on the outer frame where shown in the pictures. Being very, very careful not to move the stick or this will falsify the test. The second bulletin is called the DX8 Uncommanded Servo Movement Service Bulletin. In this case, some transmitters with certain products or PIDs, PIDs, can generate uncommanded servo movements when the vibrating mechanism on the countdown clock goes off. Clearly, this is not good, especially if you are bringing your plane or chopper in near the end of the flight and the buzz goes off and, and you're near the ground. What's more important is that the bulletin mentions reports of loss of the RF link 2 or the radio frequency link 2. Clearly not good. Here's what the report says. Recently, Horizon Hobby Service Center has received a small number of reports from customers claiming uncommanded servo movements and loss of the RF link during the activation of the vibrator motor in some DX8s from the initial shipment. Horizon requests all DX8 customers with product IDs of HS008X or HS009X found in the battery compartment carefully check the radios to determine if their transmitter has this issue prior to flying. Transmitters with other than these PIDs are not affected by the bulletin. If you have a DS8 with one of those PIDs, perform the following test. Step 1. If your model is electric, unplug the motor leads from the ESC for safety. Step 2. In the function list, select timer screen and set 10 seconds on the countdown timer. Step 3. With the model powered on and the connection established, activate the timer and observe the servos for uncommanded movement and receiver loss of the RF link. Should you find that the transmitter is affected by this issue, please contact your near spectrum authorized service center, and they're the ones who are going to have to do the upgrade for you on that particular problem. As with other bulletins regarding spectrum products, links are provided to return the defective unit for repair or replacement. Do yourself and your fellow modelers a favor and check to see whether you have one of the defective transmitters, and if so, do the test. Now you may remember we mentioned the recall on Castle Creations ICE HV ESCs in a previous edition. Recently, a tweet from Model Airplane News referenced the blog item on their site where the representative from Castle was interviewed at a recent national fly-in. Much as we said, the issue was an unapproved change in the specifications of a subcomponent by the factory assembling the ESCs resulting in those failures. Castle has begun relabeling their ICE HV ESCs as ICE 2 HVs. Take a look at the blog entry and the Castle website for more information. In our last episode, we mentioned the work the AMA is doing to lobby the government regarding the proposed regulation of the national airspace and the FAA's intention to give itself the power to regulate model aviation. Well, if that isn't enough, someone decided to give them more enthusiasm to regulate 
by planning to fly a bomb-laden model aircraft into the Pentagon. The AMA was quick to condemn the pilot and released a statement that I'll get to in just a minute. My personal belief is that no law or regulation ever prevented someone who was set on doing no good from trying anyway. If that were the case, we'd have no theft or murder, right? Unfortunately, that's not the way politicians and regulators think. So now we have the additional responsibility to advise authorities if we find someone who's planning to use a model for some nefarious purpose. I don't know about you, but one of the reasons I go to the flying field was escape this kind of nonsense. Well, not anymore. Not good. Here's the AMA statement. Muncie, Indiana. The Academy of Model Aeronautics is shocked and outraged by the actions of a 26-year-old Massachusetts man arrested this week on federal charges for his intent to use an RC model reconfigured as a UAV similar to a military drone for an explosive-laden attack on the U.S. Capitol and Pentagon. The suspect is not an AMA member, nor has he been confirmed as being a model aviation enthusiast. When an otherwise safe and wholesome hobby becomes the focal point for a planned terrorist attack, we are as outraged as all citizens, said the AMA. Like all Americans, we appreciate the professionalism of the FBI in this case. The AMA's 143,000 aero modelers throughout the country pledged to keep a vigilant eye in their communities on suspicious activities involving RC aircraft. Rezwan Furtis, a U.S. citizen from Ashland, Massachusetts, and a physics graduate from Northeastern University was arrested after lengthy monitoring and a sting operation by the FBI this week. Furtis has acquired three RC jets, an F-86 Sabre, and two F-4 Phantoms, plus explosives and cell phones wired like IEDs. He kept them in a storage facility to work on. It isn't known at this time if Furtis was able to fly the airplanes or if he had assistant. The public, according to the Bureau, was never in any danger. And the report goes on to talk about uh, Furtis, what he was planning to do, and uh, some other things, uh, comments made by the AMA's government affairs people. So, my goodness, what are things coming to? It's just one of those really interesting things when people who have... Um, really crazy ideas, try to use some of the technology that we enjoy to do no good. Well, that brings us to the close of this edition of the Flying Field Podcast. You can find show notes at www.flyingfieldblog.rcplaneviews.com. This was episode 104. I'm Jim Mohan. Happy modeling and fly safe.